The throaty roar of the Auric resounds across the realms. It is a challenge to every other living creature, and in the era of the beast, it is louder than ever. These muscle-bound, red-eyed killers want nothing more than to indulge their thirst for battle. Time and time again, until their fists are raw and their tusks drip with blood. The enemies of the war clans are many, and they like it that way. If they run out of foes to slaughter, they make new ones or else attack one another. Death holds little fear for them, for they were born to fight, and they care not why. The Oryx are the true inheritors of the realm of beasts, for there are no races more ferocious, more bestial of spirit, nor better suited to a life of constant hardship. The travails that see the veterans and Sigmar's crusades fall by the wayside are the stuff of daily life to Oryx. Each new offensive brought against them is a thing of joy, for to them, showing their supremacy by shattering civilization's grip is the greatest of victories. When they join their voices in a wordless bellow of battle lust, the pulsing green energy of their deity Gorka Morka turns their fractious tribes from a rabble into an unstoppable tidal wave of violence. Through strife, the Oryx find strength, and the strongest always rise to the top. So it is that the primal roar of the Oryx soul ebbs and flows across the realms. It can be all but silent on the hunt or near enough ignored by those behind high walls. But it's always there, always over the stony horizon or born to the cusp of hearing by the hot winds of war. It grows louder and louder still until it drowns out the harsh cries of the damned, the howling of the geist and the righteous thunder of Sigmar's chosen. This is the din that echoes from war incarnate and it will shiver the lands until the stars of Azir grow dark. Welcome to the garage, you tools, for the next two hours or thereabouts. We're going to do our best to keep you informed, entertained, and have a few laughs along the way, bringing you Cruel Boys, Iron Jaws, and Bone Splitters. I'm Dave Whitek, and with me as always in the beginning of the show is Lindsay, the albino Canadian hockey puck. Say hello, Lindsay. Lindsay is very glad to be here, by the way. She's uh, super excited because uh, Lindsay loves orcs. Um, she just does. So she's going to be listening intently as Chris and I bring you the lore for orcs. Before we do, uh, we do want to stop and thank the sponsors of the show, and that includes our sponsors, Chaos Orc Superstore! 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 That's right. Chaos Orc Superstore. Um, also, want to thank Six Squared Studios. All your basing needs, MDF needs, uh, custom basing or custom cut anything also um if you have uh the proper files they can 3d print stuff for you uh brad and kevin are awesome and they are fantastic and if you have anything you need done you should call them and let them know and let's certainly remember our other sponsor uh, grognard games in roselle illinois because there's always something happening at grognards 
Uh, also want to thank all of our Patreon patrons, those people who are the almost 1% of our listeners who have thought that this show is actually worth some of their financial contributions and to which I can only say from the bottom of my pure beef heart, thank you, thank you, and thank you. That includes our associate producers, Christopher Sanders, AJC, and Big Jake, our executive producers, Colin Miller and Tyler McDonald, and our newest patron, Philip Schifano. Philip Schifano. That's right. I think I said that right. Uh, I want to thank Philip for deciding to join in here and be a part of the uh, the uh, the people who joined in. And Philip, uh, so you know, you joined in at the at the right uh, at that uh, at that tabletop standard level. So tomorrow, when Heather and I record the next episode of Garage World, you will be one of the people who get that link to jump in and get the. Uh, Get that uh, RSS feed for um, Garage World, where, um, if anyone's interested, we will be doing the original 19, I believe it was 1978, uh, Italian Giallo classic, Suspiria. So, uh, and if you haven't, uh, if you haven't watched it yet, you may, and, and you are going to listen to it, if you are one of those 1%, uh, go watch it. It's, um, it, it's totally Totally worth it. Um, it's a it's a great piece of Italian cinema, and we will be talking about it on the next Garage World. Um, yeah, so <laughs> uh, I'm having so much fun doing that with Heather. It's just stupid. Uh, what else? Uh, oh, so thank you all. Also, uh, we have voicemail. I know most of you know this. Some of you may not, but we have voicemail, and um, so we we will. Uh, play voicemail sometimes when people call. If you want to call and leave a voicemail, you just got to dial 1-757-GH-SHOW-6. That's 1-757-GH-SHOW-6. Most international callers dial 00 and then 1-757-GH-SHOW-6. So we do have a voicemail. We have a voicemail. It's a quick one. And I just want to play it because, hey, you know what? Someone called and left me a voicemail. And I love voicemail messages. So I'm going to play it for you. Hold on just a second. Hey there, this is uh, Phil and the gang from Athens. Uh, big fan of your show, listen to it quite a bit. Um, I'm with uh, four of my best friends. We are uh, driving from Athens, Georgia, up to um, Indianapolis for uh, Gen Con. It's about a 10-hour drive, and we are listening to Garage Hammer. So we were just going to call and say, love your show, and uh, yeah, game on. Someone shouted, shouting there in the back. I, I, I wonder what they were saying. It was, uh, I, I don't know, but that was fantastic. I did not go to Gen Con this year. Um, first of all, it was so late this year. Like, it's usually early, early August. Like, next year I should be able to go because it's like the first weekend of August. But this year it was like September. And I'm like, dude, I'm back in school. I can't take off the second week of school to go to Gen Con for almost a week. But um, I know some people did go. Uh, my friend Jason Tick was there. Um, it it sounds like it was a good time, but uh, unfortunately I could not go. But that's voicemail. I love that people are taking a 10-hour drive and listening to Garage Hammer for 10 hours. That's like 
two or three episodes. Uh, well, actually, three episodes, probably, maybe, maybe even more. Um, I am so, I'm so glad to hear that people have are in a car and and choose to have me uh, be there, accompanying with them in spirit on the show. So that's fantastic. So listen, um, we're going to take a break and we're going to come back and we are going to talk all things Oric War Clans. Chris will be here. He and I are going to go through the lore and uh, get all of that covered for you. There's a lot of cool, cruel boy stuff. Uh, as well as, obviously, um, the Iron Jaws and Bone Splitters. So we're going to get into that as soon as we get back. Are you finally looking to start your rebasing project? Six Squared Studios. Are you looking for some new and interesting resin terrain? Six Squared Studios. Are you looking for some fancy acrylic counters to keep track of wounds or maybe some other statistical anomalies? Six Squared Studios. Maybe you need a new rack for your paint? Six Squared Studios. Well then look no further. What you need is Six Squared Studios. They ship worldwide with domestic shipping for both the U.S. and Canada. Six Squared Studios. That's right, Six Squared Studios. That's the number six, squaredstudios.ca. When your gaming needs go beyond your basic dice, tape measure, models, and paints, think Six Squared Studios. Six Squared Studios. Now all your base are belong from them. And we're back. We're back. Oh. Chris. What's up? What's going on, man? Too much. Uh, okay. Auric War Clans. You've had a chance to read it. Uh, oh, yeah. First impressions? I like it a lot. Um, the new Cruel Boy stuff is super cool. I always thought there was something missing with the, you know, the Mork side of things. You know, there's always, everyone always talks about the, the Gork side with the, you know, all the smashing and crushing and left the Mork stuff to the goblins, but Mork's not exclusive to just goblins. You know, I I, I, I got to agree with you. As I was reading through this, I thought this was really great because yeah. when they were orcs and goblins, right. it was cool that the orcs were gorky yeah. and the goblins were morky, but now they're their own things. Yeah. Um, and I and I and I like how they call some of them Moricks and some of them Goricks, right? Uh, just because of where they go. Um, this is I, this is a great new uh, book, I think. Uh, now, I'm not talking uh, scroll wise and playability wise. Mm-hmm. Sure, I, you know, I'm, I'm just talking lore wise. Yeah, this has fleshed out. I mean, not only do you get all this stuff on the cruel boys, but like mm-hmm. you said, it's really building up sort of this balance uh, and getting a little more, I think, it's just more interesting. Right. Yeah, it's just it's just making the universe of the orcs just a little bit, or orcs, a yeah. little more interesting. You know, it's three factions instead of almost like, I don't I don't even know you can call the old book like actual factions, like here's what we got, you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. It's uh, this... 
this is pretty interesting. Um, mm. And like I said, we'll talk about the the a lot of the the way the uh, the the way they play and stuff in in the other half of the episode, yeah. which will still which I, I we're hoping we'll still put it out this month along with this one. Um, cool. We're just breaking this into into two parts, but we're not going to do it as two. <sighs> Well, at two episodes a month, with the way the books are coming out, I think if we wait and did this in two parts, and then Stormcast is going to have to be in almost three parts. Yeah, that, that thing's, thing's got seventy-eight scrolls in it. <laughs> so, like, we're going to talk about every one for like yeah. five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> well, but we're not going to. I mean, I don't want to take three months to cover these two <laughs> books. So, I think we're going to yeah. do them. Just throw out extra episodes. Yeah. Um. You know, keep it the way we did it with you know just. We still do it, you know, that way, but but try to just drop little bonuses here and there, um, just extra episodes in the month. So there should be three this month then, and probably three next month, uh, at least. But uh, you know, it's basically it just keeps us from doing one big five-hour episode because that's yeah. that's taxing. That's hard to I, sit through and listen to. I've listened to a couple of those. Some of those uh, I've recorded a couple end, of those. End time, so those end times episodes, those were grueling, but they were worth it. Oh, it was so. Oh, that was <laughs> amazing. So much fun to do those. I, I don't. I, I you know it's weird when you do that stuff because it's like I still do some of the, the little readings and stuff. Yeah. But I still feel none of the things I've done have have reached the level of that. You know, that was like the best thing I've done. And I, I feel I, I hate saying it because that was like five years ago. And I was like, oh, my well, best honestly, episodes are five years ago. You know, I didn't read like a lot of those end times books. I just listened to the podcast. <laughs> well, great. that's how I got like the bulk of my end times knowledge is from this podcast. So thank well, you. Awesome. Awesome. All right. So let's jump into the Oric <laughs> Hordes. Sure. Okay. So now I love the beginning here. Um, because it, it goes a little bit beyond just the brutes, you know? Yeah. Uh, to understand the war clans in any depth, it's important to learn about Gorka Morka. Yeah, he, he's, sure. he's two gods in one, Gork, brutal but cunning, yep. and Mork, cunning but brutal. Which, yeah. when I, I remember the first time I heard that, I'm like, that makes no sense. That's not... <laughs> but it really does. Yeah, it's not a new concept either for the orcs. I mean... No, that, it's been around for a while. It's that just had this idea. It, 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 and I remember having to explain it. Like, I mean, it, it, it's like, wait, but that's the same thing. But it's not. Mm -hmm. They're both animalistically clever, right? But it's just Gork. He, he's more of a, a fist first, mm -hmm. clever thoughts later. Where the other one's got clever thoughts, but can still punch you dead in the face. Absolutely. But well, yeah, we use dirty tricks to get the job done. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's it, very similar. It's just which do they go to first? Mm -hmm. But they do both. True. Yep. Um, in times of great strife, Gorka Morka will split into his component halves and have a good argument with himself. Right. Possibly including a godly punch-up before combining once more to turn his wrath on other races. Mm -hmm. uh, these are short-lived schisms, but they have given rise to some auric cultures who favor one deity's aspect over the other. And um, so here's where we jump into talking about the Cruel Boys, which I yeah. like this. Yeah, I mean, I think the bulk of this lore section in this book is devoted to Cruel Boys. Would you agree with that? Yes. Yeah. Um, I, mean, I think they've covered, I mean, they've covered Iron Jaws and Bone Splitters each got their own book. Yeah. And then they got the combined book. So it's like, and they, and they didn't really get anything new with right. this release. So 
they get the rehash. Get yeah. Yep. Um, I do like the Cruel Boys, though. I like the whole thing about them. Uh, mm-hmm. it, they've recently risen to prominence, um, and they worship Mork. And Mork. Mork. Yeah, but they worship Mork <laughs> above all else. Right. Uh, they fight dirty at all times. Honor is the province of fools and a surefire way to get yourself killed. Yeah. I love that. I just love that they literally came out and said, honor is for fools. If you're going to play, you know, it, yeah. if your code is going to get you killed because you won't do something that they will, then you're stupid. And that's just, I was like, all right. <laughs> they delight in showing how clever they are. And they consider themselves above the brutish races of the Greenskins and will soften up their prey with scare tactics and even magic-laced pollution right. before going over them. Right. Um, I just caught, I think, like, the tone of this new book is a little bit different than the old ones, too. Just, like, the context of, like, you know, the way they're telling the lore is different. Yeah. Did you get, did you, I, I caught that, I mean... You know, they're, they, they, this like some of just the the syntax they use to talk about, you know, things is just different than the other books. Like the, oh, I guess the older AOS two books. Maybe this, I think even in the or even in the Warhammer fantasy books, the the old orc the orc books always tried to keep. I don't know. It seemed like they kept the language simple, as if it was. Yeah. Well, a lot of these books they're always told from the point of view of that army. Mm-hmm. And so you, it always seemed uh, that the the orc books were always just even the the way it was written, everything was basic. You know, it was very yeah. it was very straightforward. And here you're getting a lot of this. Uh, you're you're getting the Morky side of it, really. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it, I think it's cool. Now, uh, excuse me. Oh goodness, um, wow. the the Iron Jaws embody <laughs> Gork. Rawr. The thuggish gork over his cunning brother. Um, I, I, I now I love the Iron Jaws models. I love the yeah. Iron Jaws in concept. Um, they were I actually preferred them to the Bone Splitters. Basically, and they, pl- and they play very straightforward. I don't know if you've ever fought against Iron Jaws or with them. I mean, yeah, I mean their tactics are pretty much line them up, get them stuck in. Oh yeah, and just beat stuff. I mean. Well, I think, what does it say? Is there, uh, you know what? And I, okay, something else in this book is underneath the pictures, have you seen, underneath the pictures, they have like little, like just one-liners? Yeah. The time of the Oryx is here, so you better watch it. Right. You know? And then there's another one in here that had me cracking up, and it was something like, you know, it was some sort of quote, like, if you hit it, if it doesn't go down, hit it again, or something like that. It's yeah. just like, and that's, yeah, that's always, that's always that's been... Kinda- that's the kind of stuff I'm talking about with this book. It's just like it reads, you know, a little bit different than. Oh, here it is. Books. It's way down here. The bigger they are, the harder you got to hit them. Like, it's just like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, duh, that's what it works to do. Yeah, hit stuff. Uh huh. Um, but then you've got, I mean, the Iron Jaws go in and it's like, you know, it talks about them. They are brute strength, maw crushers. Right. Yep. Uh, the 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 riding the gruntas, which are so much bigger than the than the boars. Yeah. Um, I mean, and they're and they're you just got to think. Well, what's an iron jaw? Just think Gordrak. I mean, that's your guy. You know, yeah. if you read through the you know the Kragnos book, 
I mean, my God, that's that's Gordrak. That's that's the yeah. Iron Jaw. That's you know, that's what they do. He's the Iron Jaw, exactly. Yeah, he, yeah, he's the guy. Biggest, strongest, most hitty, mm-hmm. and that's just what they do. And if they can't, it literally says here later in the book, if you know, if you're too big that them hitting you can't can't get the job done, they'll just get a bunch more of them, right? Because then it's just more hitty. Like this isn't enough, but eventually it'll work. And it's like uh, that theory is not not that wrong. <laughs> um, and then it talks. You got your third race, and like I said, I'm just trying to cover these basics for the people who maybe yeah. don't know much about the orcs. Uh, yeah. The you got the bone splitters. Bone splitters, also known as savage orcs, and they actually oh. do refer to them as savage orcs in this book, which I thought was a cool nod to the old game. I, they do, but I also like that they say that that is uh, an epithet. That is what the other orcs yeah. call them. <laughs> yeah, the other orcs call them savage orcs because they think they're weirdos. Mm-hmm. So it's an insult, actually, to call them by their old Warhammer <laughs> fantasy name, yeah. uh, which is great. Um, but those are not, so you've got the cruel boys who love uh, love Mork. Yeah, you got the Iron Jaws who love Gork. Gork. Yeah, and you get the the bone splitters. Uh, bone splitters who feel the spirit of Gorka Morka. Yeah. And I just, I really like that they managed, with, by, by bringing in that third one, you can get all three aspects of their god in these different races. And kind of however you like, uh, however you like your orcs, there's yeah. one for you now. Yeah, and they're, and they're all good in their own way, which is mm-hmm. perfect. I think. Now I, we won't get into this until the next episode, but I've—I right. mean, I keep hearing from lots of people, and once again, I don't know how to play this game, but a lot of people are mad because um, apparently the bone splitters don't do the things they used to do as well as they used to do them. Um, which and they I, still have their tattoo say they still have that. Yeah, I mean, it was weird. People were like, you know what? They were like the best at killing monsters, and now in this edition, they're not the best at killing monsters. And I'm, I'm kind of wondering. And like I said, we can get into this more in the next, the other half yeah. of the episode. But I'm wondering if having an an entire army whose entire purpose is killing monsters might have had to be toned down just because. Oh yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, if, yeah. If this is the season of monsters, then to have yeah. the, you know, that. Plus, remember, I just, I think one of the reasons I never got into the Bone Splitters is because I just remember seeing them at tournaments and playing against them. It's like, well, what do you got? I have I have four units of th- of 5,000 bows. Yeah. That was kind of like the one Cun of the original. Rock, and it, like, yeah, the Cunning Rock was like one of the original busted AOS 1 armies. Everyone's like, oh, God, here yeah, we go. It's like, oh, I don't want to play. I remember remember guys bringing the boxes with the dice yeah. sled up by tens, and they would just shake the box because it was uh-huh. so many dice they couldn't. It's like, oh, get out of here. Right. Uh, not th- not to that, that per- but it's just they've changed, and I'm hoping. And here's the other thing, and we'll get into this again. I, I'm going way off topic. But I know I was I was talking with Rotor about leaving my night haunt, and I'm like I I don't I can't play this army like I used to play it. It won't no. play. It doesn't play like I used to play it. I'm mm-hmm. no no. I don't know if it's better or worse. I just know it's completely different, and I got to figure out a way to play it. And I have a feeling that Bone Splitters are very much that way as well. There's they don't. I mean, Cruel Boys are new. Iron Jaws seem to play the same. Yeah, Iron Jaws <laughs> look like they play. I, I've 
I've come up with lists for all three that I think are good for the new version. Nice. So, we'll talk about that next episode. Yeah, we'll, go, we'll go over those. All right. So, um, all right. So we've got all three of these guys. So then, what else? Uh, I love oh. the, I love the I love this picture on the next page. The big battle with the Seraphon and the Oryx. <laughs> this yes. Is this is this this is everything that I love about Age of Sigmar <laughs> yeah. right here with the, with these types of armies. There is nothing there are no stormcast in here. There are no humans in here. No. This is the the Seraphon the, the and it's just the pure beasts against the pure beast fighters. Oh, they look so That's cool. Good. This is so, so good. I, so, so what I used to do is when I used to see pages like this is I would like imagine like how each like little vignette in the drawing would like go, you know, uh-huh. try to like carry it out to its conclusion. So my favorite one is the guy is the is the orc and the seraphon guy. He's like grabbing his arm, his left arm. He's like got his club up and he's going to like, yeah, like what's going to happen next? No, this is great. <laughs> this is great artwork in this book. too. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, it's good. All right, so then we get to this section that says the nature of the beast. Mm-hmm. Um, I have, okay, I have written on here on my notes, it says basically everything on this page is gold. Mm. I started highlighting, and it, I had to stop yeah. because I was just going to highlight the whole page. Um, <laughs> you know, the beginning starts out here with the orcs are a race so strong, so innately robust and adaptable, they can thrive anywhere. Uh, amongst the scholars of Azir, there are many theories and treatises on how they came to exist. Some believe they reproduce in the same manner as humans, though none have had the nerve to get close enough to check. <laughs> uh, others posit that orcs are creatures more closely related to fungus, and that's what we heard with the 40K orcs. Yep. Yeah, they're, they're like spores, and they get released mm-hmm. like when they die, yeah. Uh, but then they talk about this one with uh, uh, Xantaser's bestiary of Gur. Yeah. This is cool. Like, this is what? new, isn't yeah, this it? Is, this is new. So when orcs die, yeah. uh, the corpses, uh, as it breaks down into this greenish-white jelly before deliquescing entirely, yeah. should that occur in a dark, dank, and undisturbed area, then barely formed infant creatures will crawl. Like So basically it says almost like tadpoles. So little yeah. minor, little tiny, tiny auric babies will crawl out of the, the, the decomposing parts of the old orc if it's in the dark. Much yeah, like... It. Yeah. Go, go. It, says, it says multiple from one. Yes. So one auric dies... Spawns multiple orcs, but it's got to be in that dark and fungus. It's 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 like mushrooms, you know. Yeah, yeah. And it goes back to that fungus thing. And then those guys will come out eating little things until they get big enough to eat bigger things. And then if they survive to be big enough, once they can go on their own, they will run off and find more orcs and join the clan. Right. That's I. Okay. I hate this. Is weird. I love orc (laughs) reproductive lore because it's so weird. There used to be female orcs. I've seen I, the only time I've ever seen them was in the pictures from uh, Blood, Blood Bowl, Bowl, right? Yeah, yeah. but yeah. so we don't know if they were. Re- uh, who knows? Whatever. Those could have just been honestly. Those could have been orcs <laughs> dressing up as cheerleaders because they saw the other races doing it. Yeah. Um, I do like that it says in truth orcs don't care about biology, right? Uh, other than who's bigger. Mm-hmm. Uh, many don't even see the matter of existence as that complicated. If they think about it at all, they simply are, and that's good enough. 
I like that. I love. Yeah, they, and they life. mentioned this many times. They right. are born to fight. The better you fight, the bigger you get. The bigger you get, the better you're doing. That's all life is about. It's. Yeah. I used to hate orcs when I first started playing this game because they were like those goofy looking models and they were just clowns. I'm like, God, this is such a cool game. You get these dorks in here, just like, <laughs> burk, 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 I'm a hooligan. <laughs> and the more I read this, I'm like, this is just, they are so pure. They're not yeah. like tainted by chaos. Right. They're just pure, aggressive fighting machines. Yeah, they can, they've been evolving them from the comedy relief yeah, to kind of where they, you know, where they are now, a I mean, serious threat to the moral realms. Yeah, there's still some humor in them too. There, and enjoy there is, the humor. which is great. But I mean, before they were just basically they could they were portrayed as like soccer hooligans who yes. used to just like run around and just. And yeah. now, and now it's this this really cool sort of getting into it's like I said, everything on this page, these two pages is gold because it's that. Mm-hmm. I I just I I what I love in this book is you're getting into orc psychology if such a thing is possible if that such a thing exists you know um it's sounds like a dangerous proposition but they're so pure like yeah. they're so single-minded they're it's so simple it's just they are this thing and they accept it and they love it i mean you you figure for as life as hard of an existence as they have yeah and for as sort of just kind of gross and crummy as it is they love it. Well, they thrive in it. Yeah. Yeah. It's they're it's, not they're not worried about it. It's a really interesting sort of of thing. Um, it says, provided they live a violent life and die a spectacular death, they have few concerns about what comes afterwards. And yeah. then it talks about orc afterlife. Right. I thought that was crazy. Isn't this? <laughs> I've never heard of that before. It, never. I've, anything I've read, I haven't read this. I was like, yeah. what? Yeah, I love this. This where it says there are many afterlives in Shayish that are lousy with Oruks, <laughs> and some have been outright claimed by their kind, giving rise to the notion of green skin paradises. Green I, I've skin never, I've never, paradise. Yeah, I've never heard that term in a in a Warhammer publication before. The, that something is lousy with something else. I've I've read it in other places, but not yeah. in a Warhammer book. That's great. It's fantastic. And then it says. <laughs> This uh, this might have more to do with their habit of plunging plunging through whatever realm gates they find with abandon, including yeah. those with screaming faces and ghostly energy, than any mas- manifestation of orky spirit on the other side of the grave. Yeah. To which my notes wrote, "No, no, no! I want an auric afterlife. <laughs> yeah, I want I want an, a a realm in the realm of death that is an auric realm, and I just want to read a story where Nagash is trying to control like- that realm." Yeah, like who's the orc god of death that is like in charge of this? Like, and did Nagash devour I mean, him? And even if he did, now what is he doing? Like, I know he tortures all these things. I am the I am the controller of souls. <laughs> yeah, Th- that's got to be the most unruly. Yeah, you just uh, yeah. Even in the <laughs> afterlife, it's like nope, we're not listening. There's no you can't get them to listen. No. Oh, it's wonderful. Yeah, it's cool. Uh, let's see what else do we got here. Um. They love to basically. This whole part is they love to fight. This whole yeah. next part, as long as yeah, there's Braun, something to yeah. kill, yeah, yeah. Braun versus brain, yeah. It's just like Braun's gonna trump brain pretty much all the time, except maybe for the cruel boys. Yeah, um, I, there are a few little cool bits in here. 
Uh, you know, um, their greenish skin is thick, wrinkly, and slightly waxy, more like the height of a girish pachyderm than that of a human. Mm-hmm. Uh, long tusks or teeth, as they're known in orc society, jut from lantern jaws with a pronounced and characteristic underbite. They play host to blood-sucking parasites, which they will happily pop into their mouths as a light snack. Uh, they're just gross. Yeah. Yeah, they're uh, just gross. You know, um... Yeah, yeah. It's not strictly true that in orc society, though, the biggest and the strongest get to lead. Mm-hmm. If a boss can prove his dominance through cunning and dirty tricks, he can claim rulership. I mean, there have been grots who have run entire. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, and that's that. Just goes that sometimes you can be more cunning than brutal and still run things. Yep. Uh, the strongest take the lead and the greatest share in the spoils. The notion is so pervasive, it even applies to those from other races. Uh, Kragnos is the most prominent example. If a leader is mighty or cunning enough, or better yet, both, the orcs will follow them. That's the thing. Kragnos has become this weird staple character yeah. in this orc. This is the one part that that I haven't quite gotten to yet. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, well... Um, they probably, he was on that prophecy, right? That was right. discovered by the by the cruel boys. Uh, what's that guy's name? The the guy in the vulture. Yeah, the guy. Uh, yeah, God. Yeah, Gobsprack or whatever. Um, yeah, he he's prophesized Kragnos, so I think that's why he's so intrigued with him. And since he's the boss, you know, he says what goes. Other people are going to follow him. So. It's it's weird their willingness to follow him. Now he did like it does it does say right here he did prove his might when we covered Kragnos. Mm-hmm. He did beat the snot out of um Gordrak and Big Teeth. His you know and Gordrak stood up and said, "Okay, yeah, you know what? Okay, we'll follow you. Right, we'll work, we can work with you." Mm-hmm. Um, it's just it's it's such an odd note. To sound, uh, you know, after years and years of reading orc lore, that you know, to 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 find a non-orc, yeah, who well, comes actually, in and Kragnos is in this book. His war scrolls in here. Yeah, I mean, he is. It's just it seems so. He's the one thing that doesn't feel like he quite fits in hmm. to me. It's just, and that's just me personally. Yeah, you read all these orcs where not, I, it just felt like that they would just just throw themselves all like every orc would want to throw themselves at him to prove that orcs is the best. Yeah, because he's just not an orc. You know, it's it, mm-hmm. even back in Kragnos when he beat him down like that, and he's like, "Okay, all right, we'll go with your plan." Mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh, that seemed," and that's just me. You know, like I said, for me yeah. personally, it just seems. Trying to think if that's ever happened before, where orcs have ever followed a non-orc. See, and I mean, I leader. Could, I, I, I remember. I know that there's stories where they were fighting, and if they had a common enemy, they would fight maybe alongside something. Yeah, they'll like the like the like the ogres. Yeah, you know, they they'll fight alongside them at least until the when, battle's over. You know, exactly, exactly. <laughs> But this is this is the first time this has happened, and it's I'm mm-hmm. I'm personally, lore wise, I'm still trying to wrap my head around it. And mm-hmm. I'm, they've written into it a very interesting thing where these you know they other orcs are seeing this vision of him coming and leading this rampant destruction, and because they're so into that, yeah, you know, oh, you know what he's gonna? It's just it's. I guess what they're thinking is that he knows where the best fighting is, so we're just gonna follow him. Yeah, 
And I mean, actually, if you read the lore part about Gordrak, which we'll do when we when we cover the different units, mm-hmm. Gordrak uh, is basically, I mean, he's working towards sort of building back his own rep because of taking that beating. Yeah. And I think that there's there's something in the I, I, when we were reading this, just it's in the back of his mind that hey, if we can get rid of Kragnos along the way, <laughs> I, he's got no problem with that. Yeah. But uh, it's just a weird thing to me. Um, oh, being creatures of natural cunning rather than strength, grots are tolerated more and cruel by society than others. I did like that. Yeah. Um, and that was pretty. That was some pretty fun stuff. Yeah. The followers of Mork stick together. Yep. You know what? Let's let's take a quick break, and then we're going to yep. come back, and we'll talk a little bit about the actual land of Gur, yeah. and then do their history. Uh, And then once we get through the history, we'll get the different culture of the three races. So we'll be right back. The word wah is a particularly orky term. It can only be properly pronounced at lung-emptying, sinew-straining, ear-offending volume, preferably with a lot of spittle flying around the place to boot. In essence, it means war, battle, imminence, and crusade all rolled into one. And when a mob of orcs shout it, those nearby will invariably join their voices to it until it becomes a raucous din that bludgeons the ears. It is a spiritual phenomenon as much as an oral one, highly contagious. It is a galvanizing force that sees the oryx strain forward and break into a charge, regardless of whether the enemy are close at hand or not. The crushing wave of violence known as a big wah is the eventual result of such escalating war lust. It includes cruel boys, iron jaws, and bone splitters war clans all rolled up into one big green skin horde, sometimes with grots, ogres, and gargants amongst them that have got carried away with all the raucous enthusiasm and joined the fun. The air shimmers greenish with the sheer potency of auric energy as dozens, then hundreds, then thousands of throats are strained raw by the bellowed war cry. It is a sound that has signaled the imminent destruction of not only castles and cities, but also entire civilizations across the span of history. And we are back. Hello. Hello, the land of destruction. Grr. Which is <laughs> grr, which is <laughs> absolutely appropriate. This place, yeah. the map is cool. All the borders look like either claws or teeth or jaws. Mm. Um, we've talked about this. In fact, we talked about this when we did core lore with the mortal realms. Um, Continents this, are eating each other. Yeah, this is this yeah. is quickly becoming one of my favorite places. Just because it the, the land itself is just chewing on itself. It's just crazy. Yeah. Um, little bits that you want to know. Now, we're not going to go into a ton of detail on Gur because we covered that. Like I said, if you, if, you, if you didn't listen to it, go back and listen to Core Lore, The Mortal Realms. We talk in as much detail as we can ad, about ad each. Ad nauseum. Yeah. Um, some of the interesting things that were in here, though, that I didn't remember reading before. 
Obviously, fresh meat is always in regular supply, but any lasting kind of safety is almost impossible. Even plants hunt humans. <laughs> yeah. Uh, creeper tendrils will throttle sleeping travelers. Noose vines host the unwary into the canopy so they can absorb the nutrients of the dangling corpse. Trees will unearth themselves and stalk on gnarled limbs in the moonlight, punching the tips of the roots into bodies of slumbering prey to drink their lifeblood. What is this place yeah. is fantastic. This is nightmare world. It really yeah. is. Yeah, you need to have a night watch if you're gonna be you camping out in Gur. Yeah, you can't go to sleep, <laughs> you know? Such is the hunger of Gur that even the land masses are thought to be alive. Um Yeah. And, and there's then, the orcs. And there's the orcs running around. In yeah, this, just in loving this land, it. Just lo- fighting everything. Yeah. Everything there is fighting them, and they are loving it. Now, there is one where they talk about Carcassa Dance, which is where uh, Kragnos and the and the, the Draugr race Dr- came Draconis, from. Yeah. Um, you can see Thandia and Antorn. In the, if you look at the, the pictures, those are the two major areas, north and south of it have tried to consume it from each side, leaving it more a slowly thinning canyon than a nation in its own right. Yeah. So, yeah, the literal land masses, the bigger land masses sort of shift and move, and we've talked about this, to where the the country, the large area that he came from, is much smaller now because mm-hmm. the other ones, the other areas have moved in on it. Uh, and it says that the orcs that uh, hunt these wildlands fully subscribe to the idea that the land is sentient. It's just very cool stuff. Yeah, they, got, they like to fight it. Yeah. Plus, I, like I said, I love the pictures. When you look at Mawbright and the Biting Sea, it literally looks like the two parts of the yeah. continent around the water are giant jaws. Yeah, giant with teeth and jaws. Yeah, they're uh-huh. like trying to eat, trying to eat each other, and yeah, they and got like south eyes. And, of, yeah. South of that, the split in the split next sea, it looks like uh, like claws, like big clawed mm-hmm. hands. It's just this everything from the geography to everything in in the land of Gur is violent, and this is where the orcs, this yeah. is where orcs grow up. And yeah, even the oceans are full of monsters. And, mm-hmm. There is know. no, you're never far from a good fight if you want to find one in this place. All right, so let's talk about these lands. Um, death by trampling, goring, or being eaten alive is common. They have evolved alongside the behemoths of Gur and know through long experience the best way to take them on. Mm-hmm. Um, it, now, this part's interesting. Conversely, there's organisms that have adapted to take advantage of the green skins. They range from massive Thondian rocks to burrowing squig ticks and myrmidon ants that carry off sleeping oryx to inflict death by a million cuts or bitey death as oryx guarded. So there's other things that, I mean, once again, they are not the apex predators. They might be one of the best, but things will hunt them. Yeah. And there's things that that actually do actively look for oryx to attack to go after yeah, they, 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 i guess it's like a symbiotic relationship with the land and the oryx are just part of it yeah everything has something that comes after it and theirs are weird little creatures too you know because mm-hmm. you always you always got to take down something bigger than you that's sort of the rules isn't it taking down things bigger than you to yeah you know yeah and that's let's let's not forget that oryx are they are everywhere they're not just in gur they are in all the realms except Azir. Yes. Right? 
So yeah, they yeah, yes they are. It's just in here is where they're from and where they thrive. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, at the center of Gur, the ecosystems are much like those of the equivalents of other realms, albeit more aggressive. At the realm's edge, however. The wilderness comes alive, bucking and rearing as the land itself spasms to crash down upon itself over and over in annoying, shattering furor. Even the most far-ranging orc war clans and their allies know to avoid it. Right, so this is normally the realm's edge is where the concentration of the whatever realm you're in, that's where its realm, the realm stone yeah. or whatever is at its highest concentration. So here it's like Gur is just like, it's just savage to the extreme. You just can't believe it. Yeah, that even the land is just just crashing like waves, like 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 the ocean, except it's the land right. destroying on stuff. Um, you do get some interesting info here about the landscapes have irrevocably been irrevocably retained by 500 years of invasion under the force of the dark gods. This is the first time I, I remember that number being thrown about, that apparently yeah. the age of chaos was 500 years. Yeah. Because yeah, and I they, thought I go is this, I, I, it's in my notes. Is this how long the Age of Chaos was? And it mentions it more than once in this book. Yep, I noticed that too. So that's an interesting bit. I never knew that they they nailed down and like a time, mm-hmm. like how long it was. We just knew it was a long time, right? But the Age of Chaos seems to have lasted about five hundred years. Um, and here, there were those that took to chaos worship in order to give themselves an edge when matching against the orcs. Orcs drove people to worship chaos. That's yeah. fantastic. Yeah, so there was the, the human tribes that were there. Yeah, in order to survive, they had to they had to do something. But they turned to chaos yeah. to fight the orcs. Like, right. how desperate do you have to be with the orcs kicking your teeth in that you turn to <laughs> chaos? The fact that... I mean, you see a lot of people turning to chaos through the corruption of chaos, through desperation, through other things. But it's like the orcs are attacking, and we, we, you know what? There's not we. So they turn to chaos. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. The orcs have actually created deadlier enemies for themselves because they because everyone's trying to beef up to hold yeah, them so- off. That sounds on brand for orcs. Yeah, for orcs. Yeah. Um. And then, uh, oh, and this was an interesting little bit here. And once again, you're talking, even though the the writing on this, as you said, is different, it's still got a a, a very orc point of view. And it says, as the killing raged fever pitch and tears in reality allowed demon invasions to corrupt the lands themselves, the people of the realm cried out for Sigmar to save them. But he had already made his stand and had been found wanting. Yeah. Ouch. Yeah. I never, mm-hmm. you know, you don't hear it described that way. It's more like, oh, they kind of tricked him to lose his hammer, and then he realized, look, I can't beat them with brute force, and then he pulled back to regroup and plan. Here it's like, no, this is an orc point of view. You lost the fight. Yeah. That's it. You lost the fight, and you didn't just come back with more guys. You went home and locked the doors. That, and from an orc point of view, yeah, you're want. Yeah, he's been found wanting. You're not good okay. enough, obviously. I yeah, and like or- that. orcs will do that. They will leave a fight, but they'll they're only leaving just so they can get more of their mates and come back. Yeah, yeah. Well, technically, yeah. that's what Sigmar did as well. <laughs> yeah, it just took him five hundred years. It took him five hundred years, but yeah. Knock over. Okay. Uh, so let's see what else we've got in here. Oh, and then, then they start 
the, the, the breaking of the age of Sigmar basically is like the Oryx are happy once again, you know, and they're like, yes, there's some new foes for us to fight. Stormcast Eternals, bring them on, you know. I like they, how they um, also took on a lot of this chaos or the spiky Umis. The spiky Umis, yeah. Of course, chaos wears. Spiky Umis, bring them on. Armor with spikes. Uh, and they and they got their butts kicked a lot, but that didn't change their attitude towards it at all. No. And they're the ones who kept Chaos from really taking over Gur. It's the orcs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Archeon got really... In fact, it talks here about how Archeon was like, you know what, we need... And he, and he set people's jobs to do it, and nobody could do it. Yeah, there's a cool passage in here about the, the guy who tried it. Yeah. <laughs> um... And giving the hostility, why does the God King Sigmar wish to extend his empire into this wilderness at all? Yet the people who survived the Age of Chaos wish to do more than cower behind the walls of Sigmar's cities. So they spread out, and then the orcs attack them. And as it's said before in a, in a couple of the other books, oh, that was in the Mortal Realms thing as well. For every ten groups that go out, one yeah. makes it. Yeah, it's kind of rough. Yeah. Which is like, so then you look and see, well, what's the big city in Gur? We're talking Excelsis again, which is, man, it's amazing that place is still there. Uh, and it's been kind of leveled at this point, mostly. Yeah. yeah. So, um, what else we got? Now, we talked, uh, we've got the timeline here, which you don't yeah. have to go through all of this. This is really good reading, though. It is really good. I, I enjoyed this part of this book. Uh, there's always interesting parts mm-hmm. to go through, but it does talk about. You know, um, there's a lot in here actually about uh, the Kragnos mm-hmm. and what he did. Uh, Kragnos is an interesting character because as they talk about it, you know, they were living and they, they teamed up with the Draconith to fight off, you know, these other monsters and they had this sort of truce. But it's interesting that his people were basically sort of at one with the land. They were actually in very in tune with it. Yeah. Just taking what they needed to survive and nothing more. Um, it's him who was. I mean, when we get to Kragnos, you, they they talk about how you know he left because he was. Yeah, he wanted he wanted more. He wanted to be more powerful. He wanted to rule over the land and. Well, but the I guess the final straw was because he was very uh, you know uh, unruly. Was he was fighting with his brother over someone that he wanted to take as a mate, and he beat mm-hmm. his brother half to death. And when his father reprimanded him for it, he left. Yeah. You know, and then he's the one, and it's interesting because he actually sparks the war between and ruins the peace between his people and the Draconith. Yep. Uh, And those people basically wiped each other out. And so he comes back and sees that his civilization is destroyed and says, well, if our if my civilization, my people can't be here, then nobody gets to have a civilization. Yeah. But it's like, buddy, you're the one who wrecked it. You're the <laughs> one who caused that. Yeah. There's a I, bit of either, there's a bit of either denial or a lack of self awareness here. I don't know which. It's probably a little bit of both. Yeah, maybe. Um. Also, I think if you read where it says the rise of the cruel, that whole se- section is full of good mm-hmm. information. If you want to talk about, uh, you yeah. know, cruel boys stuff. Yeah, my my favorite bit of this is the greenskin wars part. Yes, <laughs> where they talk about this uh, this this uh, this chaos champion who's given this unenviable task of 
taming the realm of beasts. Like, oh, that poor guy. Darkhorn the Devourer. I wouldn't want that guy's job. No, and he thought he could do it, too. Yeah. He's like, yeah, they're animals. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Except you can't get rid of them. And maybe it is because when you kill them, then a bunch of them come out. You know, they just come out of the bodies. I mean, yeah. let's face it. In 40K, if a planet's been taken over by orcs, the one, the one sure way to keep them from spreading is exterminatus. Yeah. D- or burn yeah. the planet. Yeah. Yes. I think a lot of times in the some of the 40K books, they talk about they they burn the orc, uh, like bodies. Yeah. So that way they yeah it's it's crazy. Uh, and I love I love how he says through low cunning, matchless brawn, and irrepressible high spirits, the orcs re- retain their dominance in Gur. Yeah. And so Darkhorn's skull is now yeah. on the Varen spire because he failed Archaon. Archaon Whoops. knows that the orcs are trouble, and he knows they have to be gotten rid of. He just has doesn't have the time to focus on it himself, and yeah. none of his people can do it. Which leads to a really cool thing here when they start talking about how, um, and I don't know where it pops up in here, but Gordrak, yeah, here it is, the return to Fang Fangathrak. Yeah. So yeah, Gordrak, this is when they're yeah, this is where they're talking about what happened before kind of Kragnos, right? Well, I think it's after Kragnos because uh, he, you know, this is after he got pounded on. Oh, okay. Because oh, this I... is after the siege, and he's got to build up oh, some yeah, rep. Yep. So remember during the uh, the God Beasts book when they were at you know in the Realm Gate Wars, when they mm-hmm. were trying to get all the all points, the uh, the Realm Gate is inside that yeah the, that big worm thing that big world beast thing. Yep, and um, they, they managed to break it free, but they couldn't capture it so now it's roaming the lands Gordrak captures it yeah he trick he he, he captured it, he, he yeah well, he, he tricks it tricks into it, coming yeah. after him which yeah. then gets it wedged and stuck in a place where they've mm-hmm. now bound it down again and the gates open mm-hmm. and and why is Gordrak doing this because he's decided he heard that uh, obviously this is the way into the eight points the eight points He's heard that Archeon has almost got a way to get into Azir, which is his Archeon's plan. And so he plans on going in there and kicking Archeon's butt <laughs> so that he can get the info on how to get into Azir. So if he's going to destroy Archeon to yeah. get to Sigmar. That's an interesting thread they just left dangling, right? Yeah. I mean, talk about something that's going to be coming up at some point, at mm-hmm. some point either in this edition or in whenever, because, you know, as they move the story along, Gordrak's yeah. plan, he is invading the Varen Spire. <laughs> that's going to be fantastic. That's going to be cool. Oh, I can't wait for that. I want to see somebody fight Archaon and not just get automatically decimated. Yeah. And there's Gordrax coming in with all of these iron jaws. And it's like, oh, that's going to be, they're going to love fighting. Yeah, yeah, in, the in the, yeah, it's that place is horrible, possibly worse <laughs> than Gur. I mean, everything in there, because everything in there is fighting for Arcan's attention. Everything is fighting to be the biggest and the best, which is exactly right. their culture. They're going to fit in there beautifully. Oh, 
So that's 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 bits of the history. Um, let's jump into the Cruel Boys, though. Yeah. The cunning but brutal. There you go. Swamp dwelling Cruel Boys. <laughs> yep. Um, it is their belief that the act of hard thinking is to be encouraged rather than something to be held in suspicion. I love how orcs <laughs> hold people who think too much in suspicion. Yeah. Why are you thinking that much? Just punch it. Well, yeah, not if you could, like, run around its back and stab it in the back. Right, and that's their whole thing. All mm-hmm. this strange behavior has led to the cruel boys being termed morics more than once. I'm not, I guess the first time we've seen that. Yeah, that, I haven't seen that before. They're closer to Mork than to Gork, so they're the Moriks. Uh, yeah, that's cool. Um, they are slighter in build than their fellow subspecies of Oric, with less in the way of a protuberant jaw than a brute and a sunken chest in comparison to the ridged muscles of a bone splitter. Um, but they are not weak. They have thick, warty skin and tend to secrete an oily residue that makes them as slippery physically as they are in mindset. Um, they can fill the air with a toxic fug and by fashioning scare shields resembling growling, ferocious faces, usually based on the horrible visages of the predators themselves. I did not like those shields when I first saw them. Mm-hmm. The eyeballs are weird and stuff like that. Like I'm like, this just yeah. doesn't look as good as the old orc shields. There's, a, now, there's a lot of history on those faces. Yeah. I mean, they, those have been around since, geez, since like the Eerie Go book, you know, from like, a jillion years ago. I sure. mean, those that iconography has been around. Yeah, I just I always like the older face. Like I like the older face better. These ones look just so mm-hmm. the eyeballs look so weird and so spaced and weird. But it's like no, no, no. This is supposed to look like a scary version of the things that they fight in the swamp. So as they yeah. walk behind them, predators see this and think of them as not as or uh, as cruel boys to attack, mm-hmm. but other. Pre- that's just once again that's clever, or I yeah, guess really cunning. Neat. Yeah, it's kind of, there you go. Um, what else is in here? Uh, what else, did anything stick out to you that you wanted to point out? So I just like that stuff that they, they, they I mean, they'll go, they'll, they'll go, they'll, they'll go out of their way to be cunning. You know what I mean? They'll walk, a, they'll walk a mile around like an enemy just so they could stab him in the back yep. <laughs> instead of trying to attack him from the front. I mean, they, it's like the, the, the depths of their cunning you know, no, no bounds, basically. No, it's which great. Is the, which is the exact opposite of the Iron Jaws, who, you know, their their brutality knows no bounds. They're straight <laughs> like, up the guts. They come straight up the middle. Yep, They're, yep. Yeah. Uh, but that, that goes back to this whole Cruel Boys uh, stuff. It says here, they're certain that brains trump brawn, and that's all there is to it. They believe a fair fight is something that happens to other people, or <laughs> yeah. rather to idiots who are happy to lose. Yeah, you know what this reminds you of? Are you are you a fan of Firefly? Oh yeah. Did you see the Serenity the movie? Yep. Jane's like, I'll kill a man in a fair fight, or if I think he's going to start a fair fight, that's yeah. exactly that. <laughs> yeah, I'll kill a man if he's going to start a fair fight. That's this. <laughs> the concept of honor is laughable. Just these little quotes from this section are. Yeah. It just gives you this whole idea that is just so different. Yeah. From everything so the- else we've read. Yes, the tone of this section is just is just different. It's really yep. it's it, it's excellent. 
Um, they smear poison all over their blades. In fact, they one of the interesting things is they live in these gross places. Even some of the readings and stuff, it's like if if they're fighting and they like to fight in these swampy areas because they're used to it. And uh, but they don't even have to really kill their enemies. They just have to cut them. Because the place, everything in here is so gross, they're going to get yeah. an infection and die painfully anyway. Yeah, they'll, they'll just make you chase after them, and then you go into a swamp or quicksand or whatever. That's good uh-huh. enough for them. Yeah, and, and some of the great parts is how they literally talk. It's it's over and over in this book about how they are more than willing to just wound you and then stand around and cackle and laugh while you die painfully. Yeah. Um. In fact, and it, like, there's a great one. Uh, they like to conjure blankets of mist to provide cover. And one common tactic is pounding drums and rattle skulls all night before a battle in order to face an enemy that is deprived of sleep, fearful, and likely fighting amongst themselves. Yeah. So they, 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 they use all sorts of like, weird psychological like, tactics. Yeah, like terror tactics. Yeah. 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 It, this is... Uh, I I just this is so much fun. It makes me like this portion of the army like so much more. Like if I was gonna play orcs, I always said I just wanted to get some brutes and some gore gruntas and just go in, just you know, sure, up the guts and just mm-hmm. punch them out. But these guys are so much fun. They're so. But nasty. it almost makes you want it makes you want to play the game differently if if you can if you can figure out how to make the cruel boys. Like yeah. fight like this in the game, I think you you try it. Yeah. Just to stick yeah, just to stick with their you know, and their some lore. of the rules work to that too. Yeah. They've got some really clever stuff in there. The mm-hmm. some of the clever rules that really mm-hmm. work to that mm-hmm. uh stuff. Uh in, especially their magic lore. Yeah. I've That's... noticed the spells in their lore like really work toward Swamp. It 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 makes it sound like the swamp fighting and just making you sick and stuff like that. Yeah, well, a lot of it, like the, the just like you know some of the names of the spells, you know, there are, there are what they do kind of like harkens back to some old stuff that was possible, you know, in the other mm-hmm. yeah. versions. Yeah, it's cool. So let's see. Uh, they like to fight in the swamps. Some are semi-aquatic, able to hold their breaths for hours among the roots and pools of their lair, or even, in the case of the shamans, enter a trance-like state that allows them to submerge themselves in the murky waters for days on end, the better to commune with Mork. Yeah. Uh, And I love how they talk about the fortifications need not be engaged until the orcs have found a way to beat them. They don't see a place and say, just attack that front gate. Yeah. They'll just they'll just watch it for a while, then they'll figure out how to attack it. Or if they don't think they can attack it, they'll just ignore it. Yeah. I like here it says they might undermine the walls, weaken the walls, redirect a river to flood the place, or <laughs> just starve them out by poisoning all the stuff around them. They're, they're, uh, this is a different breed of orc. Yeah, and they're and they're able to like adapt to their surroundings too mm-hmm. you know they, they you know it says you know a, ni- a, a nice weapon is great but this weapon's just fine they're not going to go out of their way to like craft weapons when they can you know just scavenge stuff from somebody else and they are not attached to them because their things right. will often break but they know how to make a new one quickly because they just use what's around 
They can always steal, trade, or improvise another weapon. I like how they talk about how they love to watch guys coming in with their fancy super weapons, their blessed weapons, or their mm-hmm. weapons that have been passed down for generations have a fancy name, and they go and make them knock it out, and it drops in the swamp, and they can't. That is lost yeah, forever. It's just gone forever, and yeah. they just cackle with glee over that stuff. <laughs> um. Poisons, toxins, vitriol, gases, explosions, bright lights, dark holes, evil-smelling mud, spiky plants, even spikier pits, and shockingly foul language delivered (laughs) at high volumes are all part of their repertoire of tricks. I like the bad language at high volumes. They're literally starting to throw insults and just cussing at you. Yeah. I mean, anything to get an edge on their opponents. They're above nothing. Like, they will stoop to any level to gain some sort of advantage for the fight that's coming up. Yeah. yeah and then we get into the culture portion, and this is really fun, too, because it's like it, people don't realize, and of course we don't because they just came out with, these, mm-hmm. with this book, so you don't know, but it's sitting here. Uh, basically, they, they've, they're in the swamplands and the, and the crappy areas of every realm. Yeah. Biding their time. So it's like, you know, and I love the Greg, my friend Greg Dan would always say this whenever you'd come up with some new thing and they're like, where did this, we've never heard of this before. And it's like, no, no, no. They've always been there. Yeah. You, it's not a new thing. They've been there just because you haven't seen them or heard of them doesn't mean they weren't there. Yeah. It's like when the, the demigriffs came out for right. the empire, it's just like, what the heck? Where do these things come from? Oh, they've been here. <laughs> you just haven't there. heard of them. Yeah. 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 Um, and I love this whole thing where it talks about they don't, not all adversaries need to be bloodily dismembered as soon as possible. <laughs> yeah, they're not above taking captives, right? Yeah, or just driving the enemy away. Like, to, to let's just drive them this way. We don't know this area too well, but we're fighting. Let's see if we can run, make them run this way, and that way um, we'll use them to find out where the quicksand is and right. where the where the other where the other monsters are that we don't know. They literally use captives and enemies they fight as uh, guys to go out and, and uh, what do you call it, a cartography. They use them for that. Yeah. Run them out there yeah. and see what, what attacks them and where yeah. they get hurt, and then we'll know where this stuff is. Yeah, and that, so the real gem of this section is is the uh, this last paragraph here. It says, some are even traded by the militaristic greenskins known as Hobgrots to their allies. The Hashut worshiping Dwarden. What? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's it's the Chaos Dwarves. The Chaos Dwarves. Here we go. We had to know they were in here. They they created the Ard Boys. Did they? Yeah, the Black Orcs were Ard Boys. The Black well, Orcs were created. The Black the Warhammer Fantasy Black Orcs were created by by them. them. But yeah. we don't we don't know about the Iron Jaws. We think the Iron Jaws are just a subculture of. Or, but the Ard Boys, they, I mean, they're the same models and everything. They were the Black well, Orcs, yeah, you but, know. I just, I, I'm going to assume that there's some connection going through here. Okay. But no, no, I love every time you hear mention of of, of Chaos worshiping Dwarden because uh. oh, if they if oh, if they made if I would I'm telling you right <laughs> now they they bring back little legit Chaos Dwarves, some new models, not Forge World, mm-hmm. but legit Games Workshop puts out Chaos Dwarves. I'm all in day one on that, and I, yeah, that, I've, got, I've I've got a whole army of what is that third edition chaos dwarves the tall hats 
Yeah, I got a whole army of those guys. Oh, see, I knew you would. Barnett, <laughs> I've got I have Barnett's. Oh, do you? He doesn't play anymore. He has yeah. bequeathed all of his armies to me. Okay. I'm like, if you ever want him back, you could have him. He's like, I don't know if I'll ever play again. It's just like some of his stuff, he's like, you know, like his old Dark Elves and his old Tomb Kings and stuff. Like he's like, you could put that stuff up on eBay if you want. And he's like, we could split the profits. I'm like, fine. He's like, I'm, he's like please don't sell my Chaos Dwarfs. He's like, that was yeah. my first army. I, yeah. I'm like, I would never sell your – plus – a big chunk of what they have now is the stuff that he he got from the listeners is that huge that when we did that huge thing for him when you know when we were I'm like no we've still got all that I'm like those will never go away I yeah. love my dwarves too much especially mm-hmm. those 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 big hat models are too good yeah I've got the uh, I've got the uh, the white dwarf presents chaos dwarf army book over do there. you that like the two page PDF army thing oh no no this is the the White Dwarf presents because the original Chaos Dwarf like army book was published in White Dwarf. Like right. A, a oh, I, oh. So this is this is the collection of all those White Dwarfs. They put them into an army book, like an actual like you know. Oh, I need to get copies of that from you because I don't <laughs> have that. That thing is oh. awesome. All right, so let's see what else. Oh, I like this part. Um, it talks about how they send them to identify quicksand or stuff. The resultant mm-hmm. flailing of the prisoners is seen by the Oryx as both hilarious and educational. Yeah. These guys are just rotten. I really like them. It, yeah, they're yeah, they're just, they're just not. They're cruel. That's just you know that's what they're named for. Yep. Uh, and some of the solutions to um, when the uh, when when the Sigmarites have come in, the cities of Sigmar have started, they call it the waiting game. Wait until they've expanded. Cause it's like, Oh, you know what? We're, we can't get into this whole city. We can't beat them, but they're going to send out parties when it gets full. And those guys, yeah, we, those can, guys we take can take out. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's so good. Let's see what else. Um, Oh, I like how sometimes it's like we can't get into cities. We'll find other people who will go in and break the walls for us. Yeah, we're well, just gonna we're just gonna tempt a huge, you know, like like one of these new, you know, one of these man eater or one of these, uh, you know, sons of Bahamut guys to go in there and just crush it. Like, yeah, and then works. we can run in. We can't. Then we crack can run that in and nut. steal everything. Yep. This mentality has been seen. The cruel boys follow in the wake of the of Kragnos. After uh-huh. Kragnos, hey, we can't break through there. Kragnos runs up and smashes through. It's like, oh, we don't have to smash it. We could just find somebody <laughs> bigger than us to smash it for us and then get in. Yeah. Cunning. <laughs> there you go. Um, oh, and this starts talking about uh, what started as an alliance of convenience has matured since Gobsprack spread the word of Kragnos as a god of destruction. That's yeah. right, because it's the cruel boy's head guy who is the like the prophet of Yeah, he's the pro- he's the guy who yeah. discovered that prophecy. Yeah. So what else we got here? Um That's about that's mostly it. There's a little bit more uh let's see, the cruel boy tribes. You've got a killer boss and the shaman advisors. Um, oh, and this talks about how they their their makeup, their war clans. Yeah, which gives kind of gives you their, you know, how they do it. You know, everything mm-hmm. in orcs is based on how many things can you fit into like you know one hand, right? So the yeah. claw, you know, same thing with the the iron jaws. They have the fist, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's just that's just how they count. They, they count to five. 
Yeah, and you guys can read up on this part. This is just sort of the the break, the makeup of their army. Um, but yeah, it's got five different things. I like this though. The thumb is the strongest, uh, the mark of a cunning toolmaker. So that's the boss or the shaman. Then um, the pointer finger is under the thumb. <laughs> yeah, and this is oh the jab finger. Which yeah. is made up of the largest and fightiest. Then there's the middle finger. Yeah, which is the one you used to hurl insults. Yes, this is the <laughs> guys is who, who cuss and <laughs> yeah. So the middle finger <laughs> is for the guys who fling insults. It's so good. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh your ring finger or the trophy finger is the war beasts. And then the light finger is in charge of Nickin's stuff and it's hobgrods and youths. Yeah. That's so good. It's so good. And then it breaks down and it talks a little bit, and we'll break right after this. This talks about the um, the, the, the there's the three major factions that you can pick right. from. Yeah, you can actually select these as, you know, from your army, and they just have different traits, which give them a little bit of, you know, flair in the game. I like how now it, se- it seems, or at least from these two books that have come out, uh, if you pick one of these places to be from, it gives you an ability, mm-hmm. not uh, like before you'd get your own, uh, you know, your own artifact and your own oh, this yeah. and your own that. Now it's like, no, you just, it's simple. Here's an right. ability. Yep. Which I, it just, you know what, with all the rules, I mean, yes, it takes away some of the uniqueness and some of the coolness to it, especially in the Stormcast book. We'll get to that when we talk about the Stormcast book. Mm-hmm. Um, by just giving one special ability to all of yeah. these it 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 makes them all a little more generic um you know and without all and you know it's it's i, I, I think with, i think simple is better yeah. simple is better because then you don't have to know all the nuances of every stinking book in order to play effectively against somebody else oh i've got a theory on the stormcast one but we'll talk about that when we get to the stormcast book so <laughs> Um, but you got Grin and Blades, Big Yellas, and Skullbugs. And we're going to talk uh-huh. about this really quick and then take a break. Yeah. Uh, Grin and Blades are the largest of the clans. Yeah, um, I, th- I feel like this is like the default one. Yeah. You know, like, I don't know what to make, my guys. Okay, there's Grin and Blades, sure. Yeah. Uh, the Cruel Boys of the Grin and Blades make use of every scrap of cover. They use a lot of mist and stuff to, to, to block their view. Um the shamans that have missed they conjure to non-greenskins. Even a single breath of this stuff triggers paranoid hallucinations. They're the guys who are just, yeah, they're in the swamp, lots of yeah. mist and fog and poison. Yeah, and they're going to scare thing. you before a battle with their scare shields, and they're going to, yeah, they're going to stab you with their poison weapons. That, that, yeah. So the next one, the big yellers, they're kind of like the, I guess you were going to say, what's their deal? They're like the shooty guys. They concentrate on taking stuff down. Yep. From afar, they're going to use their the, the beast skewer kill bows. They're going to use the you know the big you know the crossbow. You know all those big shooting machines and units that are now new to this book. That's they consider of, themselves like they the best shots of all or a kind, and tell each other they can even outshoot the sky stunties of the spiral crux if needed which is patently untrue <laughs> i love yeah. that we can outshoot the the caradron overlords yeah no you no. can't no. no no you can't <laughs> <laughs> the book just stated nope you're wrong yeah. right. um and then you've got the skull bugs which is the one that right. the rest of them look at as even 
even cruel boys think these guys are weird. Right. So they sort of make their hay with like just the creepy crawlies of the land. You know, they'll sleep in a nest of bugs. They'll, you know, they, you know, they make their layers in areas with centipedes and spiders and all kind of stuff. And they actually feel comfortable there and they use them. In their battles, basically. Lots of poisons and things like that. I do like the one part in here that the spider fang grots, uh, they see the skull bugs as sort of kindred spirits. Not that the oryx care, for they have long maintained that spiders aren't proper bugs. (laughs) (laughs) So (laughs) all the spider fang people are like, yeah, we like these guys. They like bugs. And they're like, what do you care? Those ain't proper bugs anyway. (laughs) But, yeah, they got a lot of the weird poisons and things like that going on. Mm-hmm. Right. All right. So, you know what? I think it's time for another break. Cool. And then uh, we're going to come back, and then we're going to do the last two parts. We're going to talk. Um, in fact, we're going to. Oh, gosh. This is actually. We're pretty close to, to done for this part. So, we're going to wrap this up. Yeah, because we got Iron Jaws and Bone Splitters to go through. And- yeah, and we're going to do that. We'll talk. I, because, honestly, Iron Jaws and Bone Splitters uh, together. I think are only about as long as the yeah yeah that's, yeah that's about right yeah yeah cruel boys got like what uh t- about twelve pages a little more mm-hmm. and the these two together got about the I've same heard. amount not even right it's like ten or ten pa- yeah so but we've already know a lot about them so it's, you mm-hmm. know you you got to you got to talk about all the new things they need a little more uh in, in, in explanation but we will. Excuse me, goodness. We're going to break, come back, and then talk about those guys and wrap up. Cool. Unlike other cruel boys, a swamp caller places great stock in his personal possessions. It's common for a shaman to wear the shell, skull, or armor plates of his most impressive kill in order to show he's not just an ugly face. A novice shaman may wear the mottled carapace of a bull bug or leg snapper terror pin, but as he grows older and deadlier, he'll swap out those early trophies for larger, showier pieces. Gobsprack, for instance, wears the skull of the Big Ripper a super predator that hunted Gobsprack until he summoned a titanic foot of Mork to kick it to death. Atop his four banners is the decapitated head of Methusai of Hallowheart, whose warding gestures were found wanting and hence was eaten from the inside by tapeworm squigs. The feather of a juvenile phoenix is nailed to his trophy rack. The rest of it he ate raw, though he regrets it given the recurring heartburn he suffers from to this day. Gobsprack carries with him the eyeballs of the seven seers and a clutch of mind-expanding magic mushrooms he harvested from Snazgar stink mullet's corpse. Atop his gnarled staff is the mutilated hand of the Lord of Change known as Skeen Claw, kept in this world of the living only by the shaman's fierce determination to show it off to his mates. Even Gobsprack's pet grot, the acquisitive Wrinklefinger, proudly carries with him a rare screeping mandrake though it may look like a harmless root, when it joins its otherworldly voice to the wall, the sheer psychic intensity can cause the enemy's heads to explode. And we are back. Hello. 
Yeah, Iron Jaws. Wah! Uh, Gork. Yep. Gorux. Brutal Rather Than Cunning, the Gorux. <laughs> um, These are my favorite ones. I gotta, I, you it, love them? Yeah, I do. I have a ton of these dudes. They're yeah. I I I never I never got around to collecting any Oryx really, um. Yeah. But these if if I was going to these were the ones I wanted, mm-hmm. um. Because I played against them and gosh they were just fun to play against. They're yeah. just these big, beefy Oryx. Um. This is what Oryx always should have been. I felt. Because mm-hmm. you read the stories and it's like an Oryx. I mean, you play the game and they're no better than a human. You know, there used to be. No well, they, so that, they were like the baseline troops. Like it was like you could see the game designers thought, oh, yeah, humans, they'll be a little faster, mm-hmm. and orcs will be a little tougher. So it, humans had like initiative, I don't know, three, and orcs had initiative two, and orcs had toughness four. Humans had strength or toughness three, but they both had strength three, which is like okay. Does yeah, exactly it does it never yeah. then you see these and you're like the okay this is what this is what it should be right so yep. let's talk about these guys um, they're still clever enough to know how to lay traps conceal their numbers and bully lesser green skin oh yeah into cannon fodder I mean they're definitely gonna if they have an opportunity to flank your army with their with the gorg runners they're gonna do it oh sure I mean yeah. Um, they're not as numerous as the other ones, but even the lowliest Ard Boy is a massive, massive thug capable of battering a veteran soldier of most other races to a pulp. Yeah, yeah. See, this is the stuff that I like. You know, this is the stuff that I always uh-huh. thought about building because this is this is what an Oric should be in my head. Right, and talk about easy to paint. Oh my gosh, you <laughs> can you can you can crank these dudes out quick. I'm, yeah. I, oh. So that's what I really liked about them. You just quick on the paint, and you know what? That's that's a that's a good deal. That's always yeah. that's always pleasing. Um, they don't have to win fights; they just have to survive them. If they survive the fight, they will get bigger and tougher. Yep. Uh, yeah, because like, even Iron Jaws aren't. They'll run if they don't think they can win. They'll just they'll run. They'll and then they'll find more of their friends and they'll come back. Yeah, because they'll just yeah. blame it on someone someone else and then come yeah. back. Yeah. It, yeah. It's, a, it's a simple way of doing stuff. Uh, what else do we know about the Iron Jaws? They like weapons of iron and steel. Not yeah. all are simple bludgeons and axes. Uh, some like blade breakers, sawtooth choppas, and hook claws. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, lo- they love writing stuff. Yes. Like the, the gore grunters just speak to them. You know what I mean? It's like... We need to ride those guys into battle. Yep. It's like, uh, yeah. There's some interesting stuff about that, too. Now, first of all, these guys wear those huge armor plates. Yep. Um, they don't trust the Grots to make it. If you remember in old Warhammer Fantasy, Grots used to make, they used to use the goblins to help make the armor because they were the common yeah. ones. Yeah. These guys don't trust it. In fact, they make armor by fighting with sheets of metal and other armor they find. They basically punch it into submission yeah. And submission means it's bent to properly fit on them. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that. I like that a lot. It also says that uh, Iron Jaws from Gur usually don't wear helmets because they are sniffing and scenting out their prey. If they do have a helmet, it's got a big slit visor in front so they can still smell things. Mm-hmm. Um, 
the Gorgruntas are covered in armor too. And in fact, one of the things I liked when you, when we, when you get into the unit stuff and they talk about riding Gorgruntas is they get in there and they beat them into submit, literally beat them into submission. Yeah, because they have to basically KO them in order for the Gorgrunta to accept the fact that they're going to have a rider on top of them. It's the only way that's going to work. And then they take the armor that they just grabbed, this armor, and they beat the armor into submission around the Gorgrunta, and mm-hmm. then they bolt it onto them all the way into their bones. So they yeah. bolt the armor onto their bones. And it says, and this isn't just to get them to submit because you can't really tame them per se, but that heavy armor not only makes them tougher, but weighs them down and slows them down a bit and makes them able to be ridden. This is, yeah. this, that's fantastic. Yeah. But I like the idea that they have to fight. They they find old armor and they find this stuff, this scrap metal, and they beat the metal into submission. This yeah, is pretty much. There's a theme here. It's like anything they want to use, ride, do anything with, they have to fight it first. Yeah. <laughs> even like I said, even their armor. Yeah, everything. Yeah, even their, their armor. Yeah. Uh, let's see what else. Oh, a grunta weighs almost a ton before. The armor plates are put on. So they're riding something that weighs as much as a car. Yeah. Easily weighs as much as a car. And they go riding it in at full speed and just smashing into stuff. Yeah. Now, not to mention, like, the Maw Crusher. I mean, those things are... It's madness. I mean, these things are gigantic. And they have to beat those into submission before they can ride those, too. And those things still... Like, even, even Big Teeth... We'll take yeah. a bite at Gordrak if he if he's not paying attention. <laughs> you know, he tried. He had to stare him down because he was gonna. Remember, Gordrak got hurt. Yeah, Big Chief wandered over and it was gonna eat him. Yeah, that's right. That's right. During the and Battle Gordrak of Excelsis, wake up and like give him the stink eye. And he's like, okay. Yeah, <laughs> because they will. There's times they'll go. And I mean, you you'll read in stories when you read stuff with Gordrak. Every once in a while, Big Chief will get a little wild, and he'll have mm-hmm. to punch him in the head. Yeah. Just like poof, get back in line. You know, just remind him. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this is great. And Maw Crushers are stronger and more heavy set than Star Drakes. Which is saying something. Yeah. I mean, they're God dang, those things are mm-hmm. Mega Bosses are the guys who lead this. They look up they look upon Kragnos with respect, grudgingly admitting he deserves to lead them to the ultimate victory over the forces of civilization. They will never admit he is more powerful than Gordrak, though, for to do so would concede that something could be more powerful than an iron jaw, and that's just not in their character. Yeah, I'm Does, glad they put that in there. Yeah. it's See, and this is, the, this is why it just seems... It's so strange to me, like I said mm. before, just that they... I get it. He's big. He's tough. He lives here. Yeah. But still... I feel like they're, they're they're just tolerating him right now. Yeah, he's he's literally leading them to the fights that they want to fight in. So they're like, okay. Yeah, it says it right here. Actually, it says if the fist of Gork has deigned to fight alongside him, the Iron Jaws say, then he must be all right. Mm-hmm. And anyone that can headbutt a castle wall into powder is similar enough to one of their kind. They can overlook any minor differences. Yeah, like the number of legs he has. <laughs> <laughs> like the number of legs he has. He's got four legs. Okay, whatever. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, so now, um, Iron Jaws fight in fists. Well, you, they start Mob, mobs, mobs. Mobs make yeah. up fists, and enough fists yeah. make a brawl. Right. Which makes stuff because you throw enough fists, you're having a brawl, right? Yeah. Exactly. Um. So. 
And then, you know, Iron Jaws also have, uh, they have um, shamans, just mm-hmm. like Cruel Boys do. Sure thing. Uh, they have this other guy, you know, the War Chanters, who kind of like, kind of like lead the, you know, the, you know, kind of the beat of the army. You know what I mean? They like, they cl- you know, clang those sticks together and they kind of get everybody walking in the right direction. That's what they're for. And uh, so they're not just run up and pound it. That's most of it. But they also can be tricky. Like that guy can pick up a unit and chuck them at the enemy. You know what I mean? There's right. a way to do that. Now, there is something in here that I was reading. So you get enough mobs can be up to any size, but you get five mob gatherings can make a fist, almost like five fingers make a fist. Yeah. Five fists make a brawl. Notice they keep counting to five because that's yeah. how many fingers they have, and it's <laughs> right. very hard to count past one hand worth of fingers. Exactly. So actually, I guess with two hands, you can count up five mobs, make a fist, and then you can with that, you can then count up on the other hand, five fists making a brawl. Mm-hmm. Um, they but talk- notice at, at the top, there's just one mega boss. Right. Because that's how orcs work. There's one. Well, yeah, and- he's the. Each. He's the biggest, he's the toughest, he's mm-hmm. in charge. Well, and it says a brawl is led by a mega boss. Mm-hmm. But each, so if, like in this picture here, five fists will make a brawl, one mega boss will lead that brawl. In the picture, you could have five mega bosses each leading the brawl, but there will be a mega boss because mm-hmm. you got to have that guy leading there's, all the others. Right, there's always one orc at the top. Yep. It's, it's, and that's throughout. Orcs of any shape, size, what have you. Exactly. Um, there, when they, but there's an interesting part I hear, or I, I not I hear that I read in here that I really liked, um, and it talks about where the different war clans and they get their names and stuff and the things they do, and the sky bashes. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Did I this catch? Yeah. Oh they, yeah. They have taken their salvaged Caradron scrap hulks to the skies of Shaman Spiral Crux. <laughs> There are orcs. Okay, we knew that they that they had said there were grots who had stolen and were flying around out there. Yeah. There's flying orcs, too. There's flying orcs, like pirates. There's, yes. Yes. I want there. this so badly. <laughs> you have no idea how badly I want flying orcs and, and grot. I want to, oh. I you was remember waiting. the Man of War game? Yes. So they remember the, like, the, or, the orc ships? They, uh-huh. they flew the... They had a name for it. It wasn't the Jolly Roger. It was the. They had a name for it. I, I don't it, remember, it, it, but it, I love it orc pirates me now. But they they definitely had a name for it. And of course, it was a, a you know a black flag with the skull mm-hmm. and crossbones of an orc head on there. Of right, course. it's brilliant, dude. All of this stuff, the orc pirate stuff, even the orc pirate stuff in 40k is so oh, yeah, much the fun. Freebooters, I love those dudes. It's yeah. so good. Yeah. All right, so let's talk. Uh, we got three clan, three big major clans of Iron Jaws. You got the yeah. Iron Sons, the Blood Tooths, and the Choppas. Yeah, Iron Sons is the biggest one. Yeah, that's your default one that pretty much everybody plays. Yeah, um, and that's Gordrak. Sort of is uh, you know he runs everything, but uh, the head of the Iron Sons is Dakbad. And if anyone's yeah. going to pose a threat to Gordrak, it's yeah, Dakbad. Dakbad. Um, he's got an interesting backstory. He is far more cunning than brutal, it seems. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I talk about how he, a lot of times, he's one of those guys who would run up when, um, 
they'd be fighting bigger monsters. He's the guy who would sneak up, you know, and sort of jump in and get the killing blow, but wasn't stupid enough to get himself into a bad position that would get himself killed. Right. So he was gaining a lot of glory without doing as much of the dangerous part as some of the other orcs. And a couple of them caught on and basically called him a coward. This is such a great passage. If you've got the book, you need to read this part. It's that middle column on page yeah. 32. Um, they called Dakbet a coward and challenged him. He just shrugged, saying he was too busy eating to fight, but he'll accept the challenge. That is so not orky. But yeah. that is that cunning going on. The next morning... He wakes everybody up. They're not even ready to get up. He's like, come on, you challenged me, let's go. So they're all tired. They're not ready. He's running. He's already spotted himself a, uh, a uh, whatchamahoozie? Um, Maw Crusher. A Maw Crusher to go fight. Yeah. yeah. And Maw Crushers, if anyone doesn't know it, are those giant cabbage-looking wyvern monsters. <laughs> but the those things can scream so loud that it could actually kill you. It could rupture your your internal organs and stuff. Yeah. And so they go running up. Uh, this thing screams at them and ruptures the eardrums of all of these leaders from this tribe that that verbally were attacking him and totally sets them off guard. Uh, Dakbad went and took a lot of this wax that they got from the kill and, and basically stuffed his ears with earplugs. So while the rest of them were all sort of stymied by this attack and, and, and he was able to go and attack them, he jumped on the thing's back and kept punching it in the head, aggravating it so that it ate all of his rivals. <laughs> He's cunning. He is cunning. And in fact, it says here that uh, it, while it stomped, punched, and gored the rest of his rivals to death, while well, he was laughing all the while. Mm -hmm. And so this, that's him. That's this is that Iron Sons, the flashy, the big guys, the guys who go yeah. off, thinking what, stuff. Yeah. What about the blood tooths? So the blood tooths are, they're sort of the, eh, sort of the 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 red armored like lunatics of Iron Jaw society. Yeah. Well, it's a well-known fact they will, that they are they not just, quite right in the head. Yeah. They will just literally just rampage through anything into anywhere at any time. Like, they will see a realm gate. They'll just jump through it just to see what's on the other side. Regardless of the fact whether they might get... Oh, these are the guys who are looking for Gordrak. Yeah. This is the... Yeah. They, these are the guys... They don't know. It seems so funny. These guys are nuts. And, yeah. Uh, I mean, Gordrak seems like he wouldn't be that hard to find. Mm. But these guys... Haven't, They're looking for him. They haven't found him yet, but they right. they find a realm gate. They just dive through. They just jump through it. Maybe he's and on the other side. Maybe he's on the, and it's like one of those. It's like an orc. It must be like it's like an orc thing, right? Like other other things. Like they'll say hey, you can't go through that realm gate because that one just goes like into outer space. But they'll jump through it and they'll go to somewhere where there's fighting. Yeah, they'll show through just fine. Just, because that's just how orcs work. Like, that's wow, that. Okay. That's that orc. If enough of them believe it'll work, it uh -huh. does. That's yeah. that forty k orc lore stuff coming through. Yeah, that's right. The blood tooths are fun. They're yeah. crazy. This is when Gorkamorka ran from one end of the of the realms to the. It got up to the edge of the realms and spit over the edge and just turned around and came back. 
That's these guys are doing the same thing, just yeah, rampaging. So, so I have a feeling the blood tubes will probably hook up with Gordrak somewhere around the eight points, probably. Oh, they've got to. They're right? Too, yeah. That makes sense. Oh, that would be great if he's fighting right? and suddenly it, it looks bad and these guys just come barreling through a realm gate. Yeah. And they fact, just somehow end up at the eight points. Look, we're well, here. Sweet. You know what would be what would work perfectly is now that he's captured that that uh, yeah. world beast, they they'll yeah. just find that giant worm. Yeah. They always jump into it. They'll just jump right into that maw and come out yeah. where he came out and help. Yeah. Him. That's. I bet you that happens. Look at you I, and I, me predicting. Yeah. Which, yeah. If this happens, you heard it here first. <laughs> All right, and the choppers. Right. So the Chapas, um, they're, you know, kind of like the, oh, they seem like the young, they're like, like young and brash, don't they? Yeah, there you go. There's more art boys than brutes in this group. They're, yeah. they're vandals. Yeah, they just run around and just wreck stuff just for the sheer joy of it. They actually use the word hooliganism in this. Yeah. They, these are the hooligans that right. are left. It's usually yeah, not they, a mega boss, but a weird knob shaman. Yeah. So that's yeah. the choppas. Yeah. All right. So there's our iron jaws. Let's talk bone splitters. Bone splitters. Um, Savadorks. These guys. Okay. So how you become a bone splitter <laughs> um, after a particularly intense fight, they maintain they had some sense knocked into them and then experienced something the elves would call a revelation or an epiphany or something equally fancy. <laughs> the alternative term, stark raving loony, has been used by many orc detractors. Basically, the that all that wah energy gets stuck in them and they literally start to hear. Um, yeah. They hear they, the, the call. The, Go ahead. Go ahead. The call, the, the call of the wild, I guess, right? Or something like that. Yeah. It's like they the just heartbeat like, of Gorka Morka is just raging in their heads. They can't right. get that rhythm. That, that And you think about this, all that drumming and rhythm that builds up that wah energy, even before battles. That just, it, In fact, if you read, it's somewhere later in the book I was reading, and it talks about how the shamans, they start to build up that rhythm of the wah energy. Yeah, that's if you've got a combined army, you can do mm -hmm. that. But it's that even I'm talking in the in the in the unit lore. They're talking about oh, how yeah, that's that's yeah. how they build it up with that rhythm. Yeah. This is yep. constantly going in their heads to the point where they start acting crazy and they just leave. Yeah, they leave. They leave their tribe. So if they were an iron jaw, and they get kicked in the head by something, and they knocks the sense into or out of them, whatever, they'll just drop their armor and they'll just wander off, and they'll go find wherever the rest of the bone splitters of that realm are hanging out. They'll go find them. And they naturally just want, and they don't know where they're going, but they eventually find them. And it's a, a joyous occasion when another one of them has gotten there. Yeah. And then they, they just never see anything the same again. Mm -hmm. When they go on the war path, they put the paint on. They don't wear armor. They put, they have paint that's made from parts and things that from the stuff that they kill. Uh, right. And apparently it does work because it does they say here in the does. book. Yeah, it works because they believe it. But um, there are records in the um, of Stormcast who actually shot arrows at them, and their their uh, the painted runes have started to glow, and the arrows have just burned up and dissipated before hitting them. Yeah, like this stuff actually 
works. It works. Um, what else? Yeah, so their so their big deal is they want to track down like the biggest beasts or whatever area they're in, and they want to defeat it. They want to like get down to the skeleton of that monster. They want to crack the bones, and they want to like eat like the marrow inside of it to get at that that energy in it, the bestial power within these beasts. They feel that it fuels them. And it brings them closer to Gorka Morka. Right. But yeah, so the actual, and the thing is they're not wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, as they eat this stuff, they're taking the essence of these creatures into it. And actually they proved that stuff with Kragnos because they started worshiping him a long time ago. The Oryx did that, and they would give him parts of their kill as tribute. He would mm-hmm. eat that and get bigger, right? and that would allow him to do more amazing things, which right. would then make them go, oh, look, we were right. He does deserve this, and they would feed yeah. him more, and it became this self-fulfilling prophecy. Right, so that's how he transcended into godhood, basically, is yeah. by doing all this. You know? So the of, of all the races, the bone splitters seem to be the most correct, at least as far as the essence of how Gur works and how they're, mm-hmm. how they're eating the, the, the stuff and bringing in the essence and, and doing that. It's a pretty cool yeah, thing. Yeah, they're, they're the ones who are most in tune with with the land of Gur, they can, you know, they can feel it in their bones, you know what I mean? Literally and figuratively. And, and this is the reason why they are sometimes known as savage orcs, mm-hmm. which I just, I do, like you said, <laughs> I love that too. I love that they brought yeah. that name back because yeah. that's what they always were, were the savage yeah, orcs. They were the savage orcs. Um, now, when they go to war, the power of the Wa manifests. Animals around them just start going crazy. Trogoths show up. Gargans show up. And this doesn't happen for the other guys. It uh, Not nearly as much, but they literally... It's weird because for all their craziness and all their weirdness and for as much as everybody thinks they're, they're nutty, they really are in touch with the spirit of Gorka Morka. And it's proven by stuff like this. The Wa energy builds up and the other destruction races, even Mm -hmm. ogres sometimes will show up and follow these guys because it just, it works. Mm -hmm. Um, They got the Wurgog prophets. These are the, the, oh, and that's the one weird thing. Um, Wurgog prophets are usually the leaders of bone splitter, uh, tribe uh, which as opposed to just being the biggest and the strongest their yeah, shamans they, are the leaders because they channel Gorka Morka you know they have visions and, and ain't nothing stronger than Gorka Morka mm-hmm. um, they go let's see they have a ruck and the, the rucks are all based off of the, the, the animal head the different parts of the animal right. head yeah so so the iron jaws have the, the, mo- the mobs and the fists and the cruel boys have the claw and the Bone Splitters, their organization is, yeah, it's the, they call it the Rucks. Cop Rucks, Snaga Rucks, Cunning Rucks, Teeth Rucks, and Brutal Rucks. So you start with the forehead of your monster, your beast. That's the Cop Ruck. Mm-hmm. And that's, um, that's where you got your War Docs, your More Boys, your guys who are most in connection. Like, that's where the brain is held. Yeah, you know, and that's what your guys who are closest to Gorka Morka, also known as the craziest, like your more boys <laughs> and stuff like that, right? Right. Yep. Uh, that's where your prophet normally is here, and the, he's summoning up, uh, you know, fist of Gork and foot of Gork. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, your T-Frux, those are the guys who have the giant running around with the giant spears. The, yeah, those are your, those are the monster hunters. Yep. So so they're still good at killing monsters. Oh yeah. Um, those are the most feral and ferocious. No sense of self-preservation. The jaws make up the gobrux. Uh, those are close combat. Um, there's two types of gobruck: the close combat, which is the brutal ruck, and the bows, which are the cunning ruck, which you mentioned. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's basically. You know, everything except the snaga rucks. The snaga is the horns, which is where you got your boar boys. Yeah. It's interesting that it all goes around the the head of the beast. You've got the the guys who are closest to Gorkamorka and that forehead in the brain. You got the horns, which will do all that damage uh, from the sides of the Mm -hmm. head, which is your 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 uh, boar boys. And then you got your teeth, you know, which have the, you know. The, the spikes and the spears, and then you got the two sides over there which come in. It's a it's a clever way. I really I I like the lore of the bone splitters. I'm mm-hmm. just not I'm not a biggest fan of the models. Hmm. That's the thing I think that's always sort of stopped me. Okay. With the savage orcs, uh, they're not bad. I mean, they are easy to paint. Yeah, they are. I think part of, and maybe it's just the paint jobs I always see on the books, where they just everything just I don't know. I don't know. It's just I look at the brutes, and then I look at the savage. I'm like, oh no, brutes yeah. are just so. Brutes are really neat. Yeah, yeah. It's just and the gorg and the gorg grunches are, my god, those are just excellent models. Exactly. So let's talk. And you, about, well, oh. and, that, and the thing with also with bone splitters. Is you need a ton of them, which also uh-huh. <laughs> might detract you from collecting that army. They are cool, though. You know, they are. It, it's just, it's just, I, I don't know. It's just the, the, something about, and even back when you know, when when I was playing with Harrison and Christopher, and he had some orcs, and we would use some of those. We never went. With, we just none of us ever went with savage orcs. Like it never. Yeah. It, that was never our thing. It just, I, and it's, I don't know. Some people might love it. I, it just. I can't tell you why. Mm-hmm. It just never grabbed me. I don't dislike them. It just never grabbed me. They, they've got some cool stuff in this new book that you can throw together. Oh sure. All right, so let's take a look at their three big, uh, their three big forces. You've got the Bone Grins, the Ice Bones, and the Drakfoots. Yep. Uh, bone Grins are those are. Those are the those are the guys who those, taken are, the, the, those yeah. are the beast hunters, you know. Yeah. Those are the guys that run around, kill all the monsters. Yeah, they've killed. Uh, you know, they talk about they brought down the glacier horns, the snow drakes, um, all of this stuff, and they've got a cool a bit of, a bit of narr- good in fun narrative uh, stuff going on here. Um, they do a lot of amber stone tipped weapons, which is the amber stone is the realm stone from this. Mm-hmm. Um, what's interesting is Amberstone doesn't kill you. It's not that it it does more to kill you. It's not poisonous. It if it, it embodies you with the rage of the animal spirits. Mm-hmm. So they will like uh, if especially when they're fighting against stuff that really works in in ranks. Uh, your elves, your um, your empire, not empire, but your cities of Sigmar, guys yeah. who uh, rank up and hold formations is to keep their strength. They'll hit them with amber spears and shoot them with amber 
spear-tipped arrows, and they'll get they'll full of rage. Die. Yeah, and it'll make them charge when you're yep. supposed to not charge. You're supposed to be in formation. That's a clever little piece right there of stuff that they do. Um, but it does have this interesting narrative bit here that it says, each of these weapons embodies a gnashing fang of Gorka Morka, the Gork Teeth. And when he's gathered all of the great green god's teeth and sunk them into the bedrock of Gur, it will cause the realm's world spirit to spill out so that he and his boys can drink it up. So he's out there making all of these giant, those Gork Teeth, those giant spears. Yeah. And he believes that when he, because he makes them out of the amber stuff. And he says when he has all of Gorka Morka's teeth, he'll stick them into the ground and use them as his own jaw to bite open the realm and <laughs> suck the realm power out of it. That's fantastic. That's so much fun. Ice bones are kind of interesting. Yeah. So they're kind of like, they like the warbors. You know, they're supposed to be a fast moving. Mm-hmm. you know, faction that, you know, rampages around and, you know, their, their thing is uh, speed and, you know, that kind of thing, you know, running into battle as fast as they can get there on these war boars. But also they use, uh, like, they like the cold climbs. They use a lot of ice weapons and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, it's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they talk about how when Gorka Morka battered, because um, when they find them, their boars are often white. Mm-hmm. And snowy, and it says that those come from the original, the biggest uh, Shadda tusk, which is the boar that Gorkamorka rode. And when he ripped off one of his uh, horns and it hit the ground, it broke into lots of little bits, and those became the smaller white, icy, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, boars that they ride. Yeah, so it'd be cool. I and they sort of they, these guys, I think, really go well with. You know, Beast Claw Raiders. Right. You know, I think there's an excellent army you can put together with that. That would be really cool. It would be a fun and narrative army, at least. Exactly. Well, it actually says in here that some of them will run and go right along the with the Beast Claw Raiders and running along the edge of the Everwinter, but oftentimes they get caught and frozen. Yeah. (laughs) And then you got, finally, the Drakfoot. And the Drakfoot are the guys who... They're mad about the ethereals. They these guys yeah. have really stepped it up since the necroquake, mm-hmm. um, because you can't even eat them. These right. ethereal things, you kill them and you can't even eat them. But they're so mad and they focus so much of their energy that they can actually take out ethereal things with their weapons. Right. Yeah. Like there's a rule that the Drakfoot have where they you just don't get those your you don't special get award saves. saves. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, God dang. <laughs> the Drakfoot's actually a pretty cool thing because that's their special yeah. ability. You don't get a ward save when you fight mm-hmm. them. You do what? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's a special ward, something like that. But so they've become, this has become their sacred task of clobbering every demon and geist in the realms so they can get back to the proper business of killing monsters. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's just so good. So interesting. And, and that's basically, that's our orc lore. Yeah. Um, yeah, the next section is where we, they go into the unit entries of all the different... And, and, we'll, and we'll, we'll hit those little bits uh, mm-hmm. when we talk about their, their actual entries in, the, uh, in, their, in their unit entries, see how much they sort of match up with that stuff. Yeah. And that'll be a bit of a longer episode, but here we just wanted to cover the lore because people like it, 
Uh, we should be back in, you know, before the end of the month. We'll be back yeah. with uh, with the war section. Um, I, what do you think, Chris? I think this is really interesting. This is the most interesting orc book they've put out oh, so for far sure. for Age of Sigmar. That, for sure. Um, I think there's a lot of cool uh, just army ideas you can dig out of this, either whether it's a Cruel Boys army or a Bone Splitters army or just an Iron Jaws army. There's a lot of different things you can do. Um, and then if you're a narrative person, you can easily dip into this lore and you can dig out some really cool themed armies out of this. Um, oh, sure. I mean, just just painting-wise, I mean, that Icebone army, for instance, for the 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 bone splitters my god you could pale blue orcs with pale blue orcs riding like white furred boars i mean just ice weapons and yeah you know you know you you, know, you, you i mean you could like you could like model like you know some of like the you know the beast claw raiders you know the thunder tusks I see things I, I, in these Facebook groups, people asking for, is there any, uh, you know, anybody got a paint scheme other than green for these guys? And it's like, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Ice blue. Yeah. Ice, really ice, cool. Like, oh, man. Like, I mean, you, if, like for the Cruel Boys, I think you don't have to paint those guys green. I mean, you could like go into like some more of the swampy colors, I think. Mm-hmm. I mean, or if you, you do, do like yeah, because you got that really strong green for like the 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 iron jaws, but these guys yeah. are that murky brownish green is going to be yep, much the murky a much brownish better. green. The new one that just came out that they sold with the release of, well, it's it's it came out a little while ago. It's the new. It's like the orc flesh. Right. Is a is a lot different than. Uh-huh. You know, War Boss. It's not War Boss Green. No, that's for sure. It's really good. I like it. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's really cool. So, yeah. So I'm gonna have, I'll have a couple of army lists, you know, that I think will be cool. Did you do for, a, also? Did you do? And if you haven't, uh, do you think you could? I know you've got one for each of the three. Do you have a uh, big wah list that just you know because there's you can choose to be not any of the three but the big yeah. wah. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So I rely well, on you for this because you're actually really good at this part, which I'm so happy that you are because God <laughs> bless America. I mean, you're the one who was like, yeah, you need another Cruel Gash Cruciator. I'm like, why? Well, come on, man. Make a list. I'm like, this is your army. Learn how to write. I'm like, all right. This is awesome. Yeah, you definitely need at least two of those guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I think there's a lot of cool stuff in in this book. And if, you know, and if you're just a competitive gamer... There's stuff in here for you from each of the three factions, I think. And if you're a narrative gamer, there's you dig into this lore, and you can find all kinds of neat stuff in here. Yeah, uh, I I agree wholeheartedly. There's we mm-hmm. we've went through this, and I mean, yeah, we covered it in 90 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, but as I said, we didn't go through all of the little bits, and you can get a lot. Like even when we cover the the when we cover the war, and we talk about the backgrounds, yeah. we're just going to be covering the little the like the most important bits to their character as far as it a- applies to them going into battle. Mm-hmm. There's a lot in those units that I was reading that were just inspiring me, just in ideas on ways to put stuff together. Right. Definitely, if if you're thinking about playing them, you'll need the book anyway. I mean, I, yeah. well, you don't need the book. You just get the war scrolls and things like that from the you know online. But um, I would pick it up just for the inspiration that uh, there's so much cool stuff in here. 
um, to really get your 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 auric juices flowing. As gross yeah. as that sounds, I mean just just the the section on Gordrak is oh yeah, <laughs> I mean it's a whole page just on Gordrak, which is he's great. He is he's fantastic. If if he doesn't make you want to buy <laughs> a, an Iron Jaws army, then there's no hope for you. There's nothing yeah, that will because right. he's right. so right. wonderful. Yeah. All right, so let's wrap this up then, okay? Um, right. Before we go, we definitely want to thank our uh, our Patreon patrons again. Um, the associate producers, Christopher Sanders, AJC, and Big Jake. Executive producers, Colin Miller and Tyler McDonald. And our newest patron, Philip Schifano. Thank you, Philip, and all of the patrons, past, present, future, everyone who was a patron, and then, you know, especially with COVID and jobs and your financial situations have changed, uh, people have stopped. I, thank you for ever being a patron. And thank you for you guys who have come in. Uh, reminder, like I said, those of you up at the uh, tabletop standard level of patron, uh, we are going to be, Heather and I are going to be dropping the next Garage World on the Patreons uh, page for you guys. Um, the rest of you guys... Um, and that includes KSR Superstore and uh, <laughs> and um, Six Squared Studios and Grognards. Uh, thank yeah. you all for sponsoring the show. Uh, Chris, you and I will be getting together in about three, four days and, and recording the last part of this. Yeah. Um, but thank you so much again for joining me and for... Just having that enthusiasm for this. It's, Absolutely. I'm having so much fun doing this stuff with you, man. I got to be honest. Yeah, you, you you, and I are just, I think we're kind of in that same place. We're around <laughs> the same age. We yeah. got about the same amount of time for this hobby. We love the lore, you know, because it's something we can, it, when we still are home and got the family there, we can still sort of engage in it. Oh, yeah. And uh, I'm just loving this. I'm looking forward to th finishing this, and I'm really looking forward to jumping into the Stormcast because I know you've been reading that. And uh, oh. that was my first Age of Sigmar army. That was my the Stormcast. The the first Age of Sigmar model I painted was like the you know yeah the was liberator the, free, the liberator guy. Yeah. <laughs> I was like I'm just gonna paint this guy. But no, and, it's you know, uh, in fact their lore is, is filling out really nicely too. It is. Yeah, yeah it's lots really of cool stuff. All right, folks. So um, until next time, only the faithful will be triumphant. Only the faithful will stand when all others fall. And only the faithful know no despair except in failure. <laughs>